0: Because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth. Here are, are the, the biggest sports. stories and everything else you need to know from the new title town It's Breaking Boston with Andy Hart and Nick Fitzie stevens They're going on that big third quarter run. And you guys were at all looking like to the bench thinking a timeout was coming. Or do you feel like the game needed to be stopped to kind of regroup a little bit or do you feel it? You know, Joe's real big on a lot of stuff and we're playing like (laughs) so, uh, you know, we got to look ourselves in the mirror, you know, Um, Joe could call a timeout and then what we come out and do the same thing. So um, it's on us, you know, Um, Joe and his coaching staff, you know, they they put in a lot of work to to come up with a game plan and uh, put us in the right spots to succeed. Um, But they're not out there playing. So You know, um, we got to come together and and we got to start helping each other out, you know, on both ends.
1: A familiar refrain, what has happened before shall indeed happen again. But good news, Andy, Celtics in five, still alive. Otherwise, a putrid effort, a garbage outing. A lousy start to the Eastern Conference Finals in an effort that feels all too familiar. The Celtics lose to the Miami Heat, 123-116, fueled largely by a terrible third quarter for the Celtics as they give up 46 points, maybe as many points as some thought the Heat would score in just a half, 46 points in the third quarter. Jimmy Buckets does it again. Kyle Lowry who was weight shamed by the Boston sports media on the way to game one, can't miss a three-point shot. The Miami Heat shoot over 50% from three last night. Celtics can't buy a bucket in the clutch. Garden crowd is restless. It's a 500 affair for the Celtics at home in the playoffs the last couple of seasons. Andy Hart, we knew this was gonna happen. How did we possibly talk ourselves into anything other than what happened last night?
0: First off, well, that sucked. (laughs)
1: <laughs> there it is. Again, um, everything that's happened before will happen again. I'm just getting used to you actually saying, well, that sucked at this point. This is basically, I, I said we should basically retitle Breaking Boston, well, that sucked, or it's a well, that sucked edition of your hot cup of morning sports
0: here on Weei and Odyssey Sports. So, I mean, it, it's this was a weird game because the Celtics were dominant in the paint. Mm-hmm. The Celtics, we know that love to shoot threes, kind of took a different approach It was working, led after one quarter, led after halftime, and then for the second straight year, and this was brought to uh, our attention by somebody on Twitter, Celtics got blown out in the third quarter against the Heat. So it's automatic. You say, what? Halftime adjustments, right? There's some sort Mm -hmm. of halftime adjustment made and not made by the Boston Celtics. But, you know, so this isn't just a uh, uh, Joe Missoula thing. I mean, it happened a year ago with Ime Udoka, so that would seem to point to where... Marcus Smart just pointed, right? The coaches. I mean, excuse me, the players, mm-hmm. not the coaches. Sorry, I, I so want to rip Joe Missoula that I automatically said coaches. But it would but- be too <laughs> easy. I think I think we can both acknowledge it would be too easy at this point to just be like, Missoula doesn't have it, and, and the coach and isn't he ready. He may not. And, and, and he might not, but the players, as Marcus Smart said, are the ones that did it last year. Different coach, same players for the most part, do it this year. That's a problem. And some of it is the the very, like, super high 30,000-foot thing we've talked about. Jimmy Butler and the Heat are dogs. Like, they're mm-hmm. going to compete their ass off. And if you're ready for 24 minutes, but then the 25th minute you're not ready, they're going to kick your ass. And if you're ready for 30 minutes, but then the 31st minute you're not ready, they're going to kick your ass. They're going to do it. They're going to bring it for every minute of every basketball game. I firmly believe that. And, see, I have an issue here, though. Focusing on the third quarter is one thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. You gave away a lead. They took a lead. You came back. You had the game to within four mm-hmm. in the final five minutes, whatever it was. How about we close out a game? and And you and I talked ah, about this, the you know, tight games last five minutes within five points, they look Jason Tatum, people that make fun of Jalen Brown when he dribbles it off his knee. oh, it looks like he's never played basketball oh, before. Well, it does. Yeah, it does. And so did Jason Tatum in the final two minutes. Mm-hmm back-to-back travels for an all nba top what five was the, the worst
1: one was the one where he went to shoot a three and then went up to fake the shot moved both feet reset yeah. himself they call him for the double dribble and he's like and he goes oh come on man like no how about oh come on first team all nba guy that's right? like a playground move you can't make
0: when you are we would 100 our... I, walk- I was watching kids. with my son nah. and he's like That looks like me in a JV game. (laughs) (laughs) Except you're getting paid $60 million
1: to to play basketball at a a world-class level. You know, Amy, you nailed it. This is, yes, a rematch of last year's Eastern Conference Finals. This is the third time in four years these two teams have played in the ECF, and the Heat have won all three game ones, last year and this year, marked by atrocious third quarters by the Celtics and epic third quarter efforts by the Heat. The first game, the first time they matched up in the bubble, it was marked by, of course, Bam Adebayo's block on Jason Tatum to seal the win at the end of the game. So there's something memorable about all these Heat game one wins. Heat won that one in six a couple years ago. Last year, Sully's won in seven. And this year, Miami's off to the one-nothing start. This is truly, no matter how much we made of it, no matter how many times we talked about it, the idea of this being Heat culture versus Celtic pride. And, of course, the Celtics are the more talented of the two teams. This heat culture thing cannot be denied. It cannot be discounted anymore. It was on full display once again. Everyone just wants to keep chalking it up to, yeah, well, Milwaukee wasn't prepared and Giannis got injured. Yeah, well, the Knicks really weren't that good. Everyone keeps excusing away Miami's effort. I'm here to loud it and here to praise it. And I'm not going to say the Celtics are, are done. They've folded their tent but you've gotta give these guys credit for just always playing through. How many times in game one, did we see a singular Miami player surrounded by four Celtics get the offensive board? Why? They tried harder. They didn't wait for it to come to them. They went and got it. And I feel like the more often I see that, I see that's the way that they're coached. That's the way that they're pl- they play. That's the heart
0: of these Miami players. Yeah, I think the uh, heat culture thing is disrespectful and I'm going to compare it to the Patriots. The Patriot way, Mm -hmm. I thought at times, excuse me, got disrespectful to players like, oh, the Patriot way, the the Patriot way was Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski and great effing players making great effing plays with the effing game on the line. Jimmy Butler is heat culture, in my opinion. Yeah, he sets that tone like there were a couple times, as you mentioned, he misses the shot, chases it down, gets his own rebound and then makes the second shot or in a group gets the rebound or drives four guys converge dishes three in the corner from like there's caleb martin there's gabe vincent there's max strauss don't say miami heat say jimmy butler jimmy butler sets the tone for that team and while reggie miller was bitching about jason tatum not touching the ball enough because i guess reggie miller wanted more turnovers and wanted more travels late in the final two minutes jimmy butler was getting the ball every possession and was making things happen not just as a scorer but both as a a distributor and a simple ignition or whatever you want to call it, Pace a catalyst, setter. like a tone setter. setter, tone setter. Yeah. Yes, like he. So I I kind of would push back against Heat culture. Mm-hmm. I'd say Butler culture. Jimmy Butler culture is why the Heat are where they are, up one nothing in the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, then I think it's the Celtics, Celtics. Yep. need to find that they have some pride because what you said is not true. I don't see Celtic pride No. I see Celtics that show up when they want to and are talented and can beat you because of that. That's not pride. Pride, right? Is do, isn't is pride one of those things like doing the right thing, even when no one's watching, right? Doing the right, right thing, doing your best, no matter who's watching. They are not Celtic pride. They're the opposite. And I give Shaq full credit. We mock Shaq sometimes for his like mumbling analysis and like, Oh, he just gets by being the big dumb fun guy. He nailed the hell out of this game. The Celtics are this," he said. "Up and down, up and down. They don't always play to their talent. The Miami Heat are, and I think Bill Belichick, who was in the building with mm-hmm. his boy uh, Brad Stevens, mm-hmm. chewing on a slice of pizza up in a box. I have to think, and not just because he's a he's a, a Pat Riley connection, but I have to think Bill loves the Heat. Oh yeah! You know oh my God! He sees so much about the New England Patriots and the Miami. Well, you know Patriots. what you're getting. How can his not- ultimate rule one is. I need to know what I'm going to get from you every single game, every single minute, every single situation. And that's the heat. And that consistency, again, it's a little disrespectful to their talent because I do think they're talented, but Mm -hmm. that consistency is a challenge that if the Celtics don't meet it, they're going to get beaten by it. Like that consistency is, is impressive. It's professional. It should be expected. Like there's a certain level that we should expect from professionals, but The Celtics better find some pride and meet the heat consistency or the Celtics are in a boatload of trouble. As a matter of fact, the Celtics
1: have brought certain levels of consistency to the Boston Garden, TD Garden uh, and the postseason. And that is not being a good home team, frustrating (laughs) their fans, not showing up in big moments in big games and letting other players seemingly want it more and get the job done in the clutch. You know, somebody was telling me last night about how there are these internet deep dives and conspiracy theories that Jimmy Butler is Michael Jordan's long lost son. I'll tell you what, the way that he plays against the Boston Celtics, the way that he turns it on in the postseason, the way that when the lights are bright, he rises to the occasion. I I would not be surprised if he was pulled from Michael Jordan's rib and someone was able to do a DNA test or a 23 in me and say, "Hey, guess what? Jimmy Butler is a Jordan
0: descendant." This guy gets it. And uh, you mentioned Pride Andy. and me, 23 in me would be what you'd call it then cuz it's 20. You know what actually that was such a
1: well-done turn of phrase. I'm going to allow it. Good job. Actually, you beat you beat me to it. Good job by you. That's a plus one. Uh, pride, a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements, the achievements of those with whom one is closely associated. Uh, I What what pride should the Celtics take in that effort last night? Well, i None. where and you, no, you like, mentioned the patriot no, Way thing agree. too i think belichick watching you're 100 right 100 right tom brady wasn't just the patriot way it was a number of players coming in and committing to a cause for 12 months and working harder than you and doing everything they can to gain every advantage and play smarter than you i literally just sat last night I love Boston sports and heard from some guys you can hear from later on today and through the weekend on the six rings podcast feed the brain trust of the Patriot way Ivan fears Dante Skarniecki and Ernie Adams Andy that's what they spent the entire night in front of a group of Patriots fans talking about they the coaches took pride in the fact that they were able to convince the players. To take pride in their accomplishments and work harder. That was the one thing that they all hit on time and time again. So when we say heat culture, what heat culture is, is working harder than you. And it was on display once again. And while we can say, well, the Celtics lose game one all the time, so, you know, they'll win game two, they'll come back, and talent will prevail in the end. It may very well be the case, but – it's just it's a dangerous it's just game
0: to play frustrating dangerous game to play it, it's frustrating it's dangerous uh and by the way to continue our comparison that i kind of really like and we I like might it. need to I like delve over to the six rings pod at some point and discuss this as well but the miami heat also have more undrafted players contributing than anybody in the nba which this. is another aspect of the patriot way and the heat culture and the heat way so I think the comparisons under great leadership with great, but I also are want to Patriots go back, back to the Colts. No, the Celtics. And the Celtics. The Colts.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> the yes, the Colts. No, yeah, the it's Celtics early. are
0: the Colts. Oh my God! You could argue that the Celtics are the coach with a bad coach with more talent, but not maximizing their talent, coming up short. You know, probably not being mentally and and as tough as their opponent. Yeah, there's a lot of comparisons here, but Oof. I do want to get back to. Jimmy Butler and Tom Brady, your best player is your hardest worker is fully invested in the culture, Mm -hmm. says the right thing. We talked about it coming into the series, the the comparison of Joel Embiid bitching about not being able to do it alone, not having the guys around him compared to Jimmy Butler at the end of last year's Eastern Conference finals saying we had enough. We came up short. We'll be back in this spot next year. We'll have enough then and we'll take care of business like that, that aura and that confidence. Jimmy Butler is one of the more unique players of this generation because he was like uh, a journeyman, Mm cast-off, vagabond, nobody wanted him, toxic, getting in fights in practice. Everyone
1: knew he was super talented, but he couldn't stick with Chicago,
0: Minnesota, Philadelphia, causing trouble
1: everywhere he went. And then somehow Pat Riley sees something in him, acquires him,
0: and has turned him into a stone-cold killer on the court. And that's the challenge that the Celtics face. And, you know, I know I'm a bit of a Tatum hater and, I, and I'll i revisit this, but you don't say he is your he's your version of Butler. He's you. He's the centerpiece. Like he told me humbly that he's one of the best basketball players on the planet. Did well, he say, what? hey, humbly, we got our asses kicked Monday, on uh, Wednesday night? He, he should humbly. I sucked with the game on the line. Yeah, that's what he should have said, yeah. but he won't. Um. And I and maybe he did actually. I could have missed it, so I should probably That's take right. that back. I'm not sure he he didn't say that, but doesn't feel like something he would say. No, um, he need it. It starts with him. Their best player needs to be their hardest working player. Needs to be the guy willing, not jogging up the court or any of that. Um, and and so now they're going to meet the challenge, right? We we I joked pickingly picking them to you know win in four, which. That's not going to happen. That has been eliminated from the possibilities already. Um, we still think they're going to win the series, right? Or are you um, are you starting to question your uh, prediction? Uh, Jason Tatum
1: said in the postgame last night while wearing some sort of uh, leopard-printed something or other that probably cost more than all the clothes either of us have in our closet combined. Tatum's big takeaway from last night was, quote, We just gave up 46 in the third. There's some things we've really got to focus on. Yeah, and some of those things that you really got to focus on would likely include, Jason, matching the effort of the opposing team that you are super familiar with that is on your home court that told you they'd be back for revenge in a year. You had a year head start. You had a one-year warning. No matter what level of fatigue you may be feeling, no matter what adrenaline rush you may be getting from your crowd, the best home crowd, as other players anonymously voted in the NBA, you had a year's advance notice that the Miami Heat were coming for this and that they were going to play that hard and come to beat you again because they feel like they left it on the court last year and they were a missed Butler three away from taking it from a more talented Celtics team last year. Celtics had an extra day of rest. There was the story on Tuesday. Practice was too light. Al Horford had to call a timeout in practice, try to focus the guys and let them know they need to play tighter and tougher. And where was it last night? Oh, and by the way, Al, if you could spend a little less energy having to focus the team, maybe if the team could play like grown-ass adult men on their own without having to have old man Al step in and say, come on, guys, we need to play together and play tougher, then maybe Al would have the energy to make a friggin' three because that shot is like TNT on YouTube TV last night. Out!
0: Uh, I've given up on Al Horford hitting any threes, i but you know what I have not given up on? What? If if Al Horford can call a timeout when he doesn't like what he sees in practice, talking about practice, not a game, pra- mind you, <laughs> not a game. Talking about practice, he called a timeout. Why can't the Celtics call a timeout when they're getting blown off the court in the third quarter? I don't care what Joe's like, Hardo, you dug the hole, why don't you dig yourself out of it, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, no, no. It, like teach lessons at a different time. Lessons shouldn't be taught with a championship on the line. What
1: kind of yeah? What kind of Montessori teacher is Joe? Like, all right, kids. Well, listen, I can't. You know, you're gonna have to figure this one out yourself. Right. No, Joe, you're there for a reason. Otherwise, they they may as well go back to the days of like player coach. You know, like Bill Here, Russell. I'll take Al Horford. I think he would have called timeout. I think so too. I honestly think and- they almost might be just
0: as well off if Horford was the player coach. Joe Missoula probably should not have children anytime soon. I don't even know if he has them, but he seems like the teacher that throws the baby in the water and goes, "Sink or swim. You're on your own. Figure it out." And it was a big old sinker
1: on Monday, on Wednesday night. I keep wanting to say Monday because it was Game One. Monday's the first day of the week. Yep, Game One. The Miami Heat win by seven one twenty three one sixteen. The Celtics turned it on in the second quarter. Uh, you just can't. I mean, now Andy, I will say. Uh, the Heat shot 54% these. from uh, the floor overall. Celtics shot 52%. But you can't miss seven freebies at the charity stripe. Celtics were 22 of 29 on free throws. They only shot 34.5% from three, whereas the Heat went 16 for 31. Like, they made six more threes. So now, <clears throat> excuse me, that's going to give Missoula, if you will, that's going to give him the ammo he needs to turn around and say, like, we're just going to keep shoot more threes. We're going to shoot more threes we got to be better oh, yeah. from three. That's it. If we just keep shooting our threes, if we keep making our threes, what did he say? Before? Yeah, you know, oh, we had a good game plan. You know, uh, we just weren't able
0: to execute. Like, we we felt ready. We felt like all these same – Yeah, he made sure that he said they were prepared and had a good game plan. Like, he made sure right. – don't point to me. This yeah. isn't my fault. But This is on – uh, really? Who told Peyton Pritchard to come in the game in, like, the first quarter? Why is he getting he- 12 meaningful minutes in a game where he gets <laughs> zero points? And um, no offense to Peyton Pritchard. I think he's got some dog in him, but – I'm not sure he's ready for the challenge that is Jimmy Butler, Mm-mm. postseason dog. Yeah, that was a very uh, strange Joe Missoula decision there. I, he's, he's, in, he, he's, he's sinking. You know what I said about him having a baby and throwing Mm-mm. it in? He, he feels like he's been thrown into this matchup, and I wrote a column yesterday. We talked a little bit about it. He doesn't have to win the series. He doesn't have to beat Spolstra, Mm-mm. but he can't lose it, and I feel like he was a big part of losing game one. That third quarter, no right. timeouts, the Pritchard rotation. He played a factor in losing. Again, I'm not taking the players off the hook. The players are very much responsible for losing. Jason Tatum, mistakes were made. Things, ha- But Joe Missoula needs to be better in game two, or this could be a short series.
1: It's Joe Missoula who could maybe call a timeout and say, hey, guys, uh, the, the plan is not for Marcus
0: Smart to shoot four threes in a row. Uh, he, he and did you see what Jimmy Butler's doing? Jimmy Butler was like, no, Marcus Smart played really hard. He took some good shots. I actually think they need to go to Marcus Smart more, and I'm thinking... This guy. This is, the is ton, a man. Now he's it's psyop. Now
1: he's trying to get in there, like screwing yeah, with Give him. it to
0: Smartmore.
1: Honest to God. Ah, oh, wow. And and then it just makes you wonder, Andy. It just makes you wonder if they're able to come back, if the Celtics can win in five, <laughs> probably not six, or if this no. thing goes seven again, like it seems to always do. If the Celtics win, do they have enough? Is this? Yes, this. We know this team is talented enough. But they make mistakes in every series. There is no home court advantage anymore for this team. And the only thing you can say to yourself heading into game two, Friday night, 830 at the TD Garden, is the Celtics always seem to play better when their back is against the wall. They did that to themselves. And the Heat can't shoot nearly as well in game two as they did in game one. Can they? They might. Maybe not. We'll see. But a lousy effort to start the series.
0: And one final thought from me, it certainly feels like the Heat have more than a 3% chance to win this series. Ooh. Ooh. Suck on that ESPN analytics. Put
1: that in your analytics, huh? Each and every morning we put it right up your analytics here on Breaking Boston. Fitzy and Hart rise and grind for you, the Boston sports super fan who needs a nice little takeaway. Hey, you may not have time for two, three, four, five hours of sports radio during your day. You just take a nice little to-go kit, you know, it's a nice little, nice little, oh, what do I need to know to get the day started? What is the story of the day? We'll break it all down for you here each and every morning on Breaking Boston, heard across the WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports Network. And of course, subscribe to the podcast wherever awesome sports talk can be found. For producer Cooper Leonard, at Jumbo Hart, at Fitzy GFY, checking out Celtics lose game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, 123-116. We'll be back tomorrow to get your weekend set and preview game two Celtics Heat. See ya.
0: Bye.